0: Praise the Lord, everybody. I guess my wife ran out of here. I was going to make her testify this morning. She must have knew about it. Yeah. (laughs) Saved by the baby. I thank the Lord this morning for what he's doing in my life and my family and how he's blessed us. I thank God for another opportunity this morning. I thank God for a pastor that will allow me to teach and preach as he feels fit. I give honor to our pastor. He's a good pastor, and I'm thankful for him. I give honor to all the fathers here this morning. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. Um, you know, I'm going on my fourth year in fatherhood, and it's, it's changed my life, and it's, it's crazy. I, I, the things that my, my kids do, it's like, God, did I do that? Was I that way? <laughs> and I thank God for the patience he's had with me. Um, since she's not in here, I'm going to testify for her this morning. Um, So most of y'all or everybody in here knows my wife's pregnant and uh, she went here a couple weeks ago for her glucose test and she failed the first one and this happened with Josiah our eldest and um, she failed the first one with him and passed the second one but this one didn't look so good she had you know she's quite a few points over the threshold that they wanted to be in Um, so we prayed and um, she went back Thursday to get her her second test it's a more extensive test it takes three hours For any of y'all that's ever had that test done, it's miserable. Um, But she was pretty bad sick through it, but she passed it with flying colors. She was right in the middle of the threshold, right where they wanted her to be the whole way. So from start to finish, all four tests, it was perfect. So I want to thank God for that because it was God that did it, and we give him the glory this morning. If I had a thought this morning, or if I had a title for this thought, um, it's a question. It's what is this? Those of you taking notes, that's what I'm titling this, what is this? I'm going to be reading from um, Exodus chapter 16 this morning, and I'm going to be here quite a while in Exodus chapter 16, so i going to have quite a bit of reading to start with. If you'll bear with me first thing this morning, I'm going to try and lay a foundation that I can go somewhere with, so like I said, just bear with me. I've got a lot of reading. When we get through reading, maybe it'll make sense. But starting in Exodus chapter 16, I'm going to start in verse 1 and read again quite a bit, so y'all just follow with me. Exodus 16.1. It says, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, would God, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full." For you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass on the sixth day, they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel, at even, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for he that heareth your murmur for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are you? What are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to be full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which ye murmur against Him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even... You shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am your Lord. I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass at the evening the quails come up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around, lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, "It is manna." For they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. So, I'm going to read pretty much the rest of this chapter here in a minute. But I want to stop here because this is where I'm focusing this morning. I want to reread verse 15 just a second. It says, And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. So like I said, I want to kind of take a moment and lay a foundation where I can go somewhere with it this morning as God give it to me. Again, the the title I have this morning is, What is This? The children of Israel, when they woke up on that morning thousands of years ago and they looked around the camp and the dew had settled. and, And as the dew began to fade and evaporate, there was these little things on the ground, these little cakes of bread. And they didn't even know what to call it. They said, What is This? In uh, ancient Hebrew, the word manna literally means whatness, or what is this? They had no clue what to even call this that they see on the ground. Um, But they knew that it was something that God had provided for them, because Moses had told them that God would provide something for them. But I want to take a moment and go back a a few chapters of history here. We have the story of God providing manna for the children of Israel. But why is he having to do this? What, what has led up to this moment? I want to briefly talk about you know, what the children, had saw, children of Israel had saw. The children of Israel were in Egypt in bondage, as we all know. We all know the Bible stories. They literally sat and watched all these people here that's murmuring and complaining about not, about not having food. Had literally watched God deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh. They had literally watched God work plagues in Egypt that no other person, no other thing could, could do, only God could do. They literally watched the waters and the rivers be turned to blood. They literally watched frogs come up out of the waters and take over the land. They watched as lice terrorized the Egyptians. They watched all the Egyptian livestock die while theirs was saved. They seen the Egyptians be covered with bulls and have afflictions in their body for days They've seen thunderstorms of hell come and just destroy buildings and destroy they seen the locusts come up and destroy all the fields and all the food and cause famine for the Egyptians. Yet everything that I just said happened to the Egyptians didn't happen to them. They saw the hand of God and the wrath of God come against Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, trying to force him to let his people go. And they seen God move in such a miraculous way. Yet here we are in the wilderness complaining about not having food. I somewhat understand. I get hungry, I like to eat. I'm a fat boy, I like my food. But still, I don't think I could complain against God. They seen the Passover. They did what God told Moses to do and made the, the Passover. They watched as the children of Israel, every firstborn male child was killed in one night. They watched as Pharaoh probably wept in the street over his firstborn who was killed that night. They watched God deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh. This is the same people. We're not 40 years into the wilderness yet. This is the same ones come out. Because when as we opened up this chapter in verse, chapter 16 of Exodus, it said on the 15th day of the second month after they come out of the land of Egypt. That means two and a half months is all that they're out of Egypt. We're not a generation later. We're two and a half months later. and two and a half months, their faith is already at the bottom again. These are the same people that fled from Egypt and watched God not only part the waters of the Red Sea, but destroy the entire army that followed them, including Pharaoh, was destroyed in the Red Sea. Now, I don't know about you. I've never been in the military. I've never been in a warfare. I've never had to run for my life, thankfully. But if I was in that situation and I saw the hand of God literally part the Chotahatchee River because there was no bridge and I had to find some way across it, and everything chasing me got swallowed up with the river, I think I'd have a little bit of faith not to worry about food. But here we are. Here we are in the, in the land of, of the, the wilderness. And the children of Israel are complaining because they don't have food. And they said to Moses, would we have died in Egypt? I would rather have died in Egypt with a belly full of food at the flesh pot than come into the wilderness and die of hunger. I would have died at the hand of God, they said. They would have rather died in the plagues is what they were telling Moses than to have come out and die of hunger. They doubt God's ability to provide for them, even after Moses had been called out of Mount Horeb to travel all the way back to Egypt where he was raised and call out the most powerful man in the world at the time. See, in the ancient days, Egypt was a mighty nation. In the ancient days, Egypt was just as powerful as the United States. The pharaoh in Egypt was literally like the president of the United States of their time. And here's Moses, who was probably 250 miles away, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. I looked it up. I found the distance. It's literally 250 miles roughly from where we think Egypt was that day and where Mount Horeb is thought to be today. 250 miles he had to travel. Now, if you estimate you can only walk three or four miles an hour, and you walk for, say, eight to ten hours a day, that's over five days of straight walking that he had to travel back. Again, we have the children of Israel who saw God call Moses from 250 miles away, speak to him out of a burning bush, and tell him to come all the way back to Egypt where you was raised, and tell the Pharaoh, the most powerful man on earth, to let my people go. And they saw God do just that. But yet they can't seem to think God will provide for them now that he has done that. So today I have to ask, what is this? Because that was the question they asked the morning they woke up after complaining about the food. And they woke up and they walked out and they seen the food, but they didn't even know what it was. They said, what is this? See, from the moment that Joseph was sold into slavery that led to the, the children of Israel being captured in the Egyptian lands and being, being um enslaved by the Egyptians, from the moment that Joseph was, was sold into slavery by his brothers, God had already had a plan. And God had already had the provisions laid up waiting for the children of Israel. And God told Moses, I will bring bread from heaven. See, he will provide from heaven what his people needs. He will provide from his storehouses everything that we need. But the thing that caught me, too, was that he said that I will see if my people will walk in my law. You know, God allowed that to come for a moment just to see if the people would have the faith. Just to see if the people trusted him to provide. They didn't, apparently, because here we are. And they said, what is this? I'm going to keep repeating that. Y'all bear with me. Y'all know I'm repetitive at times. See, again, I just kind of want to reiterate After all that they had seen, all that they had walked through, all that they had went through in two or three months. You know, here we are in 2020, one of the craziest years that we've ever seen on earth. Probably the craziest year that any of our, even our elders can can remember being told stories about. You know, a year full of turmoil and affliction for not just the people of God, but for the entire world. We've seen more happen in 2020 than we have in probably a century. I can see where in these past few months we might be like these children who have seen God's hand deliver and do and work. But do we doubt this morning God's provision? I don't want to get ahead myself, but I just want to leave that there. See, God had, had already made a plan. He'd already had a way of providing for them, and they just they couldn't see it. And so many times we're the same. With all that we've seen God do, with all that we've seen God deliver, with all that we've seen, with all the faith that we have, we don't even recognize the blessings and provisions of God setting right in front of us. You know, we know the word. See, most of us here have been in church as long as me, if not longer. Besides the few young people that's new, I, I don't see many faces that don't, that don't know what I'm talking about this morning, that don't know these stories. We know what God is capable of. We know that Philippians four nineteen says, "But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory, by Christ Jesus." We know that He's made promises to provide for us, yet we still have doubt at times. Matthew chapter six verses twenty five through twenty four says, "Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of your life, what shall you eat, or what ye shall drink." "'Nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. "'Is not the life more than the meat, and the body than raiment? "'Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, "'nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father, Father feedeth them. "'Are you not much better than they? "'Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? "'And, by, and why take ye thought for raiment? "'Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin.' And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things." But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow take a thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto this day is the evil thereof. You know, God has already made provision for all the animals in the field, for the flowers, for everything God has already made a way. God has already provided raiment and provided food for those things. So why should we worry about it? And I'm making a point, I'm going somewhere here. Again, y'all keep, just bear with me. The children of Israel, after all they had seen, after all that we have went through, we still doubt God at times to make a way to do whatever it is, to, to have whatever it is we need. We still have that doubt in the back of our mind. You know, during the revival, brother... Brother van Daly was preaching and he he talked about miracles and he, he said he had asked God why don't we see miracles anymore and God spoke to him and said because we don't ask for them anymore not only that but the, the, the children of God today just don't have the faith they doubt God's ability nowadays you know we don't we don't have to deal with the things back in those days they dealt with we're not we're not stranded in the middle of nowhere without food we're not we're not hungry we're not thirsty we, we're, t- we're truly spoiled and I've said it time and time again but the thing is is we just don't have the the faith faith because we just doubt God's ability God is able God clothes the flowers, he clothes the beast he provides food, he provides for all of nature thankfully most of us have plenty to eat and clothes to wear but it's other things that that we doubt you know, like I was just saying, we're spoiled, we've got it we've kind of got it made No, it's not that we kind of, we do have it made. We're a blessed, blessed generation of people. But it's the other things, it's the small things that we doubt God for. You know, some of us may ask if I'll ever make it to that promised land like the children of Israel. You know, after they had struggled for 40 years and wandered through the wilderness. You know, sometimes we've been praying and we've been struggling for something for a long time. And we ask ourselves, will I ever make it? You You may have left Egypt and the world behind. And that may have been quite a few years ago for some, but you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. You may be saying, will I ever be full and feel fulfilled like I was back in Egypt at the flesh pots when I was full? You may be wondering if you'll have the strength to fight the inhabitants once you get to that promised land. But the thing about it is God has already made a way. He has already provided for every need that we have. He's already made a provision for us every day. Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, well for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we can just go another mile, if we can just press a little harder for a little longer, we'll, we'll make it to that promised land, church. Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, the thing about it is, is, the children of Israel were hungry and thirsty in the carnal in that day. But today we're not hungry and thirsty in the carnal. But we need to get hungry and thirsty after God's righteousness. Because the Bible says that if we're hungry and thirsty after his righteousness, we shall be filled. Romans 8 and 37 says, Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know, Jesus Christ died. He come to, uh, to, to earth, he walked this fight, he, he, he was tempted and tried at every point just like we are. You know, he, he took 40 days in the wilderness to be tempted and tried of Satan. And everything that you can face in your life, God has already faced and has already provided a way through it. And the thing about it is, is we're more than conquerors through that. Because he made a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life because he's made a way. He's already made a provision for you, and we don't even have to worry about it, church. Jesus Christ is that provision, and through him we have all our needs. He gives us strength. He provides us spiritual food, and he fights for us. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So I say again this morning, what is this? What is this that's before us this morning? This is the provision that God has provided for you. But see, with that provision, there's a rule. Here's Brother DJ's twist this morning. I'm going to go back to uh, Exodus chapter 16 for a few moments. I've got a little bit more reading to do. We're going to pick back up in chapter, I mean, verse 16. So Exodus 16 and verse 16, and we're going to read a little while again. So after they had woke up and they had seen this bread, after they had woke up and seen it and said, What is this? And Moses spoke and explained. And this is the explanation. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which is in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered, some more, some less, And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. When the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers and all of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the, unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seethe that which ye, ye will seethe. And that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until morning. And they laid up until the morning as Moses bade. and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for the Lord is a Sabbath unto the Lord. For today is a Sabbath unto the Lord, sorry. Today you shall not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And it came to pass that... There went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, in there, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place, and let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. For it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. I want to go back to verse 19 and 20 just for a second here. Moses said, Let no man leave it till morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left it unto the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. See, I don't see where here where God told Moses. I read and reread and reread this section to tell the children of Israel that. But it still was a commandment. It still was something that he told them not to do and they done anyhow. It's just like our pastor if he tells us not to do something and we do it anyhow, we're going to end up in a situation where we don't want to be. But the children of Israel, they thought that they could just gather a little extra. They thought, well, it'll just be okay just to get a little bit, and we'll leave it for tomorrow in case, you know, something happens tomorrow. See, they didn't understand that God had a fresh provision for tomorrow. See, every morning from this point until they reached the land of Canaan, which is the promised land, God was going to provide every day the food that they needed to eat. Every day when they woke up, they could go out, and as the dew dried, there would be manna on the ground for them to eat. Every day God was providing for them the substance that they needed to survive in the wilderness. Every day there was a fresh provision. And every day God wanted to give them something new so that they didn't have to eat stale and hard and crusty and worm infested moldy bread that he would give them something fresh and new every day so not to leave it and let it set overnight either throw it away or eat it all that was the commandment and that's why moses told him don't leave it because moses already had the foresight moses already knew god was going to provide for you not just today but tomorrow and until we make that promised land god's going to provide and that's why Moses told them that, but they didn't listen. And likewise, in our life, God gives us provision. God does things for us to make a way for us. You know, God gives us spiritual food. God lets the men of God preach to us, and that's spiritual food. You know, God sends blessings and church services and pours out that Holy Ghost rain on us. And some of us don't take heed to it. God opens doors, and some of us just say, uh-uh, nope, ain't going that way. You know, God makes a way. And a lot of times, the people of God just leave it. And when you leave it, church, you're letting it stink. And it becomes a stench in the smell of God, in the nose of God. And when you don't do what God has made a way for you to do, you're turning your back on God. It's just like the children of Israel. They, they had left it and let it stink that first night. And I'm, I'm sure that just displeased God. Because here's God saying, I provided for them, and they're just letting it rot. They're just leaving it and letting it stink. And I'm pretty sure that upset God. I'm sure that hurt him because he worked and he made a way for the children of Israel. And after all that he had done, after he had brought them out of the, children, the, the, the land of Egypt, after he parted the Red Sea, after he destroyed their enemy, after he made a way for them, they just left the provision to lay there and to rot. If I got up, let's just pretend for a moment it's Mother's Day. If I got up and cooked breakfast for my wife and she said, No, nah, I'm not hungry this morning. I'd be pretty upset. I'd be really upset. Especially if she had asked me the night before to cook for her. And see, that's the case we find in the children of Israel. Yesterday they were complaining about not having enough to eat, not having something to eat, but yet today they're not eating all of it. They're letting it set and rot in the face of God. I'm sorry, but that's like a slap to God's face. And then that's in our life. God makes a way for us. God just opens doors. And a lot of times we just don't even we just ignore the fact. We don't give God the recognition. We don't give God the, the thanks by doing and, and, and going the way he's provided for us to go. Because like the children of Israel, we're selfish at times, and we want to do what we want to do. And no, that's not what I want. That's just some bread that I find on the ground. I don't want that. I want, I want, I want the cinnamon rolls instead of that, that plain bread. You know? We want the donuts for Dad, but we don't want the manna of God. You know, there's times when, when God has made a way, and it may not be what you want. It may not be the way you like it. But, but God has made a way, and we got to go that way. You know, I can imagine for 40 years eating quail in the wilderness. At the end of that 40 years, I'd be tired of eating quail. I don't like to eat the same thing every night. And I'm sure it was that way with the children of Israel. But that's still, that's the thing that God had provided for them. Moses told them not to let it set overnight unless it was a night before the sabbath now we know the rules of the sabbath and i won't have to go into that but other than the sixth day of the week not to let it sit overnight they ignored him and look what happened it stank and it grew worms some of us ignore and forget the provisions god's made for us. some of us let the blessings and gifts god's given us set until it stinks And the enemy is devouring it right under our noses. Don't let the provisions of God be forgotten in your life. Use what God has given you. I know this is kind of a stretch, but I kind of see this as as when God has given somebody a gift, an ability to do something. God has provided a, a talent in their life, not just for them, but for those around them. And when you let that thing set, if I was to sit on the pew and never get behind the pulpit... I would be letting the provision of God just sit. It would stink. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We can't just sit on the things God's given us. We can't just let them just sit and grow stagnant. When God gives us a word, we need to eat it. When God pours out a blessing on us, we ought to drink it up. And when God opens a door, we ought to walk through it. So again, this morning, I'm asking you, what is this? What is this that set before you this morning? Matthew chapter seven and verse nine through eleven. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone, or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know not know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good gifts, good things to them that ask him? That was in Matthew. I believe Luke wrote it. That How much more would the Father give them of the Spirit that ask of it? When we ask God to do something, when we need something from God, God will give it to us. God will make a way. God will provide for the situations that we're in. Just like the children of Israel in the desert. They complained about the food. So then the next day, guess what they complained about? Not having water to drink. And what did Moses do? Moses inquired of God. God told him to go and speak to the rock. And he smote the rock and the water come forth. You know, God provided. God gave them just what they asked for, Pastor. He, you know, they were hungry. God gave them food. They were thirsty. God gave them drink. Everything that they could worry about, God provided for it. You know, I can't remember where it's at. It might be in Hebrews. I know it's in Deuteronomy as well. But the Bible talks about how the children of Israel, after 40 years, those that were still alive, that the garments on their bodies had not even grown old. The clothes that was on their back had not even gotten threadbare. They were still in the condition they left Egypt in. Now, I've had this suit. It's not even a full suit. You all can probably tell from the different colors. And parts of the stitching is coming loose on the inside because I've wore it a few times. You know, one thing I hate about suit pants is the pockets don't stay, zip, or stay sewed up. So if I have a, a quarter or something in my pocket, they'll fall out. My keys fall down my legs sometimes, and I have to pull my pockets out and get a, a safety pin and close it all back up. You know, that's, that's, just, that's just the way clothes are made nowadays. They don't last very long. But could you imagine having your garments be perfect after 40 years of day in and day out wearing the same thing for 40 years? I can't imagine it. I'm sorry, but there ain't no clothes, no shoes, no nothing today that can touch that. My Justin boots that somebody told me, hey, then get some Justins, they'll last you for a long time. I'm sorry, they last me eight months. I don't want no more Justins, I'm sorry, not for what I do. They don't last me. And that, that bothers me because I paid a lot of money for them boots. But, but the thing is, if I had a pair of boots that last me 40 years, I'd be impressed. I'd be looking out saying, hey, I don't know what they're putting in these boots, but they last forever. And that's the way God done it. God made a way for them. But whatever we have need of. And I'm not just talking about what we want. There's a difference in what we want and what we need. You know, the Bible does say God will give us the desires of our heart. But that's a different story this morning. This morning I'm talking about the spiritual things in our life that that would help us make it home one day. That would help us be saved. The things that God's called us to do. You know, there's people that's got callings in the church that's set on them. I believe that every gift of the Spirit ought to operate in every church. I think the pastor agrees with that. I've heard him talk about it and preach on it. But we don't see the gifts of Spirit in operation as often as we ought. We don't see the gift of healing sometimes when we really, really need to see it move. We don't see tongues being delivered and interpreted anymore. I've been in church services where where there's been a tongue come forth and no interpreter would stand up. That's not good. That's, that's a, God has already given somebody something. God's already provided for them to use that gift, and they didn't use it. So when we ask, that's what I'm talking about this morning, the spiritual things that we have need of. And just as God sent manna to the children of Israel, just as he let water come out of the rock, he'll do that for us spiritually. He'll give us every spiritual food and every drink that we need. Every time when you're down low, when you're battling something, God will send just a fresh anointing over your life. He'll bring you out of it if you let him. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David went on in that that chapter, and that was Psalms 23, to talk about the different things that God would do. You know, he'd fill his cup. He'd prepare a table in the presence of his enemy. He would lead him through, through, you know, through... Green pastures and make him lay down beside the still waters and and David talked about how just how good God was and how he was a good shepherd and how he would provide for everything he needed. Think about that for a moment. What does a shepherd do? They not only protect the flock, but they lead the flock to the grass. They lead the flock to the water. They protect them. They they keep the 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 wolves out. They keep the lions out. They keep everything out that don't need to be there. And God does the same thing for us spiritually. If we'll let Him, God will feed us and God will clothe us and God will lead us to a place where we can drink of the cool waters and it'll be just like on that day of Pentecost people think we're drunk because we've been drinking at the well you know John chapter 4 Jesus was talking to the woman at the well and he told her I have, I have living water if you'll drink of this water you'll never thirst again you know God has a well of living water that we can drink from he'll provide that, that when we get thirsty he'll provide for that spiritually speaking I realize that hard times have come and gone, through some of our elders' lives especially. And they'll probably come again in time, and they'll probably go again if the Lord tarries. You know, our elders grew up a lot different than this generation today. They grew up, some of them hungry, some of them in the backwoods, not knowing if they would have food. Some of them wishing they had a new pair of shoes for school this year because this the pair they had on was too tight. They grew up in a different time than what I did. And I'm thankful for what God's let me grow up in. But I understand that there was a time harder before me. The provision I'm talking about is not just a physical one, but it's a spiritual one this morning. I want to reiterate that point. He's come to this earth, and he's carried the cross, and he's died. He took the stripes on his back for me and for you, that we could be saved. That we could have everything we need spiritually. So I ask again this morning, what is this before you? What is the provision God has made for you this morning? This is God saying to you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things, all these things will be added unto you. He's already made a way. He's already made a way for us to be saved. He's already made a way for our ministries. He's already made a way for the healings that we need. He's already made a way for us to be blessed. He said that we'd be the head and not the tail. He's already made a way. But we got to seek first the kingdom of God. I've already touched on something, and I want to go back to it for a moment. One thing to take note of this is every morning, the manna was fresh on the ground. Every day, God wants to feed us Spiritually. You know, I try and hit this almost every time I'm, I'm behind the pulpit because it's so important to every individual walk with God, and that's having that personal walk with God. You know, one thing that's always stuck out to me, and I've prayed for many times, is to have the relationship with God that Adam had in the garden before the sin. You know, when, when, after they had sinned, the Bible says that in the time of day, in the cool of the day, God came to the garden. See, there was a time of the day that that God knew to come down and talk with Adam. There was a time of day when Adam knew God would be coming down because the Bible says that he had hid himself. He knew God was coming at a time in the day. I want that walk with God, that closeness and that relationship with God because I know that every day God has a fresh word, a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, a, a, a fresh whatever it is that I need. He has that for me every single day. God wants to give us fresh provision every day. But see, the thing about it is is we've got to get out. The children of Israel had to go and gather that provision. Every morning they had to go and gather. And it says, take every man as he eats an omer. Now, I don't know the measure of an omer. Somebody in here may know. But an omer was a unit of measurement in the ancient times. And and, and they would gather this certain amount for every person in the household. And And it told them to gather that amount for every person. And see, God has an of provision spiritually for me every day prepared. You know, Sister R.C. talked about the, the altar and how every service we come in, this altar is a table that's prepared, and we can just come and eat of it. You know, there was a woman that came to God and said that she, she required something of him. And, and God told her that the bread is not for the, the dogs, but for the children of Israel. And she said that she would just eat of the crumbs of the table. See, God has a table spread for us to eat. God has a spiritual provision laid out for us. And we just got to come and partake of it. We just got to partake of it each day. Each and every day that's so important, it's probably the most important thing in our walk with God, is to come and partake of God every day, to come into His presence. And I know we can't come to this altar every day, but if you start praying every day, you'll make an altar in your home. Maybe not physically. Your altar might be the side of your bed. Your, your place of, of provision might be in your closet somewhere, or, or at the foot of your bed, me and my wife Sister Brenda bought us a, um, a hope chest when we first got married. And and I like to get at that hope chest and pray at times because it's like the perfect height where I can get and pray. But but you may have something like that in your house. And if you'll go to it every day and, and, and meet God there and let him provide for you spiritually what you need, God will meet you there at the time of day, just like he met Adam. When Adam knew, that's, that's that time. You know, there's people, I've heard stories that, And this may not be a big deal to some, but I've heard stories that there's people that every night they pray at the same time. And, you know, after a revival or something, they would go out to eat, and it'd be that 9, 30, 10 o'clock whenever they go to pray. And they say, oh, I got to go. God just told me it's that time. Not even look at a clock. They just know God's saying, hey, it's time. It's time to come do the prayer. It's time to come and get your provision. There's a fresh provision every day. So again this morning, I'm asking, what is this? What is this before you that God has made for you? What is it that you need in your life spiritually? What is hindering you spiritually? What do you need moved? Because God can move it. We struggle at times. We fight things at times. We have ups and we have downs at times. Sorry, excuse me. (laughs) y'all. But at times we have battles. And see... I hit something when I was talking earlier, and I said, you know, we don't even know sometimes when we make it to the promised land if we'll be able to fight the fight when we get there. But the thing about that was God had already went before them and fought the fight. God had already went before them and made a way that they could conquer every enemy. And what they didn't fail until somebody sinned. They didn't fall. They didn't fail before their enemies until Achan partook of the sin. He partook of what should have been left for God. See, God has a way. God has already made provision and prepared a path for each and every one of us in our walks and our lives. And everything that we can face, God has already conquered that thing. God has already overcome it. And all we have to do is meet with Him. Spend time with Him. Let Him minister to us. Let Him provide for us, and we'll overcome our each and everything. Pastor, I told you we may need one more song. <laughs> So this morning, I'm just going to leave that with you guys. It may not have been very long. I know I'm kind of early. But but what is this? The children of Israel didn't even know what to call it. That was what got me this whole thought. That's where all that come from. was. As I was reading, there was a definition right next to the word manna in my Bible, and it said whatness. And I'm like, whatness? So I got to looking and digging, and I seen where they didn't even know what to call it. And to this day, thousands many thousands of years later thousands i can't i can't fathom how long through time it has stuck the name manna for the bread that they found and it simply means what is this what is this they didn't even know they couldn't even comprehend the blessings and provision of god today we can comprehend it we can see what god's doing for us we can see how god's made a way we just got to take that way y'all pray for me i love y'all
1: What is it? Here's some good stuff. I know it white well, and never tasted it, but I know it got to be good stuff. I mean, it supplied ever mineral or whatever they need for the body. That manna supplied that. They didn't have to have vitamin A or vitamin B or vitamin C and all that kind of stuff. It was all in the manna. I'd like to try it. I'd like to just taste it, rehearsal and see what it tastes like. You know, Oh. but they wasn't satisfied. Like, like brother DJ said, he wasn't satisfied. After all that, I, I believe they things don't get off too far, Franklin. Where you going? Okay, hurry up. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey. I go they so. Uh, I I don't know what's going on with me, but I can eat and eat and eat. Now for I know ain't nothing going on I think is that met for 'em. But I can eat and eat. I go we went over had to go at to VA